Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Caliber Mining Corporation 2020 Q1 Financial Earning Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star, then zero on your touchtone phone. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Ryan King, Vice President, Corporate Development Investor Relations. Sir, you may begin. Thank you very much, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct everyone to our forward-looking slide, slide two. Our remarks and answers to your questions today may contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although forward-looking statements are based on what management believes to be reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different from these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors, which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our MD&A filed on CDAR yesterday. And finally, all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Present today with me on the call are Russell Ball, Darren Hall, John Seberg, and Mark Peterson. We will be providing comments on our operating financial results for the first quarter of 2020 our exploration results, and our outlook for the business in 2020, after which we'll be happy to take questions. The slide deck we will be referencing during the call is available on our website at calibermining.com. Under the events section, you can also click the webcast to join the live presentation. With that, I'll turn the call over to Russell. Thanks, Ryan, and uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Notwithstanding our COVID-19 shutdown announced on March 25th, I'm happy to be able to share our first quarter numbers, which saw gold production in excess of budget at 42,085 ounces, with an all-in sustaining cost on a consolidated basis of $1,030 an ounce. We increased our cash position from 33 million at the end of 2019 to 43 million at the end of March on an average realized gold price of 1583 an ounce. John will speak in more detail shortly on the financials. During the quarter, we also announced positive exploration results from the drilling program at Libertad, Amalia, and Lamone. And Mark will give you an update on our thinking in regards to the resumption of the exploration program during the call. After more than a year of due diligence and negotiations, we entered into an earn-in and strategic exploration relationship with Rio Tinto. 
It is my pleasure to welcome Rio as our partner in Nicaragua. Rio brings tremendous global experience, expertise, and the capital necessary to further unlock the tremendous mineral potential in Nicaragua, thus creating value for all stakeholders. Turning to slide four, disclosed on March 25th, we proactively suspended operations as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, I've had no positive cases in our workforce to date. While we furloughed almost 2,700 employees and contractors, we currently have approximately 120 full-time employees performing care and maintenance activities that will allow us to resume operations in relatively short order once that decision is made. We are presently in the process of reviewing our startup plan, and I anticipate we will restart operations on a phased approach before the end of May. We anticipate providing updated 2020 guidance, and more importantly, our 10-year look ahead with consolidated production and all-in sustaining costs for the company during June. Notwithstanding the suspension of operations, significant work continues, particularly in regard to permitting, land acquisition, and our social responsibility investments. We continue to make progress with our neighbors at Barrio Havali and expect to be in a position to resume mining operations at Havali Underground in the third quarter of this year. Darren and his team have been spending a lot of time on our hub and spoke operating philosophy. Some of you may recall that when we acquired these assets from BG Gold last October, the street's consensus view was that we would be entering closure and reclamation at Libertad in mid-2020. I'm happy to say that is definitely not going to be the case, and we'll let Darren explain in more detail shortly. Darren? Thank you, Russell. As safety is a core value at Calibre, I'd like to thank all of our employees and business partners for maintaining their focus and safely delivering during the quarter. I'm pleased to report improving safety performance with the number of lost time injuries in Q1 2020 being less than half of what it was in Q3 of 2019. As Russell mentioned, we are planning on commencing a phased restart of operations during May. Leveraging off our COVID health and safety protocols, which have shown to be effective during this temporary suspension, we will initially focus on mining operations and expand to processing in due course. We're practical. We will continue with people working from remote. Moving to slide five, another pleasing quarter at Limon with the team delivering record production of 20,636 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $984 per ounce. With a full year of production history, we engaged RPA to complete a review of the Limon vein deposit models. For 2019, our active open pit, Limon Central, underestimated tons by 12% and grade by 4%, with the additional tonnage coming from multiple small splays of mineralization, which display limited continuity between drill hole sections and consequently were not modeled in the end of 2018 deposit model. As part of the Lemon Vein model review, we have identified and scheduled 2,300 metres of drilling, which is anticipated to increase confidence in the currently disclosed mineral resources for the string of open pits along the vein to greater than 80% indicated. Focusing on production with a margin, we commenced owner mining at Betanueva underground during February, 
utilising our existing workforce and reducing 75 contractor personnel. As part of our evolving hub and spoke operating philosophy, we obtained all the required permits and approvals and commenced ore haulage from Limon to Libertad during the quarter. Turning to slide six, as previously disclosed, we suspended blasting activities at our heavily underground mine as artisanal mining activities cause localised ground instability impacting 21 households several hundred metres from the mine. The government's negotiations are progressing well, with seven property owners signing relocation agreements on April 2nd. The government is well advanced in its negotiations with the remaining property owners, and as Russell mentioned, we anticipate recommencing operations at Hubbley Underground during the third quarter of 2020. With our focus on production with a margin, we continue to look for and execute productivity and cost savings initiatives. Some recent examples include renegotiation of our cyanide and diesel supply agreements, which have resulted in annual savings of $1 million and $300,000 respectively. Despite the hiatus at Hubbley Underground, Libertad delivered 21,449 ounces at an average all-in sustaining cost of $951 per ounce. During the quarter, we made significant progress advancing our hub-and-spoke operating model with approximately 20% of our Libertad production being sourced from Limon and Pavon. During March, we transported an average of 330 tonnes per day from Limon to Libertad at a cost of approximately $25 per tonne, or an equivalent of 0.5 grams per tonne. Moving to slide seven. With the Nicodagwin assets being non-core in B2 Gold's portfolio, over the last five years, they had seen a significant reduction in capital spend, both financial and human. The lack of drilling investment presents an opportunity, or an exploration opportunity, that Mark will talk to a little later. However, however, I believe that the key to unlocking value from these assets is looking at them from a different perspective, a fresh set of eyes, if you will. A couple of very simple examples to illustrate my point. The week after closing the deal, we idled one of the two ball mills at Libertad having negligible impact on metal production, but eliminating approximately $550,000 per month of costs from the business. That change alone will fund over half of our in-progress $12.9 million approved initial exploration drilling program. Another example of fresh eyes is Pavon. During the second half of 2019, we completed an independent NI43101, which increased the Pavon resource threefold from 78,000 ounces to 292,000 ounces. Notably, the 214,000 ounce resource increase came without drilling a hole, with 80% of the resource being classified as indicated, grading greater than five grams per tonne, and using $100 per ounce lower gold price than the previously reported resource from 2014. At Pavon Norte, we have issued a contract and have all required permits to commence construction of the primary haul road. Additionally, we are currently working through the permitting process and anticipate having all required permits to commence mining in Q4 of this year. Which is a good segue into a hub and spoke approach to maximising value from our consolidated asset base. The key here is not to think about the assets as two unique operations, but a single business entity with a combined 2.7 million tonnes of processing capacity split between two mills connected by paved infrastructure. The value proposition is quite simple to improve the utilisation of our installed milk processing capacity. Limon is milk constrained and Libertad has significantly more processing capacity than it can currently feed from Libertad ore sources, 
For $25 a tonne, we can move ore between properties and tap into the excess capacity at Libertad. Proof of concept was demonstrated during Q1, where Libertad produced over 21,000 ounces with approximately 20% of the production sourced from Limon and Pavon. This was the first time that the operations had seen this level of integration. Let's consider how our hub and spoke approach could develop based on our end of year 2019 mineral resources, which, except for Pavon, are based on B2 gold models generated on drilling data from the end of 2018. Limon open pit resource was 5.7 million tonnes at 5 grams. Given Limon's 500,000 tonne mill, this represents around 10 years of feed for the plant, delivering on average approximately 70,000 ounces per year. Currently, there is 2.1 million tonnes at 4.5 grams in underground resources at Limon. Given there is spare capacity, well, there is no spare capacity in the Limon mill, let's transport that ore to the Libertad mill. A simple mine plan for Limon, open pits to its mill, and its underground ore to the Libertad mill. A thousand tonnes a day of underground production transported to Libertad equates to approximately 45,000 ounces of annual production. Now let's roll in Pavon. A thousand tonnes a day of five grams to Libertad, that's an additional 50,000 ounces a year. So before processing any Libertad sourced ore at the Libertad mill, it's not a stretch to see 95,000 ounces of production whilst only utilising 730,000 tonnes or one third of Libertad's installed capacity. Now let's add in all source from Libertad. Considering 240,000 tonnes per year at five grams from our 1.2 million tonnes, 7.9 gram resource at Happily Underground, this would equate to 35,000 ounces a year of annual production. So adding those three components together, 45,000 ounces from Limon Underground, 50,000 ounces from Pavon Open Pit, and 35,000 ounces from Hubbley Underground, a mill which is planned to commence moving into closure during 2020 is now producing 130,000 ounces a year while utilising less than 970,000 tonnes or 45% of the installed processing capacity. Combined with the production from Limon, from the Limon mill, we are now at around 200,000 ounces per annum with 1.2 million tonnes of capacity remaining at the Libertad mill. For every 100,000 tonnes of capacity we utilise at 3.5 grams, it will generate an additional 10,000 ounces of annual production. Hopefully this simple example illustrates the value we can unlock from our hub and spoke philosophy at Libertad before considering the other currently identified resources or factoring in the positive drilling results since the end of 2018 or layering in additional exploration success which we anticipate from these prolific and enduring epithermal trends. As part of our life and mine planning process, we anticipate providing a 10-year look ahead during June. With that, I'll turn it over to John to review our financial results. Thanks, Darren. Uh, let's turn to slide eight. As previously mentioned, we produced 42,085 ounces during the quarter. However, revenue for the quarter of 59.4 million was derived from sales of 37,494 ounces at an average realized price of $1,583 per ounce, resulting in 3,330 ounces of finished goods inventory, which is net of 1,261 ounces produced from Vete Nueve, which is not yet in commercial production. 
Vete Nueve ounces were sold in Q1, the proceeds of which were credited to development capital. Net income for the quarter was $12.5 million, or $0.04 cents per share. Cash flow from operations was $20.1 million for the quarter. After investing approximately $8.4 million back into the business in the form of mine development, purchase of property, plant, and equipment, and exploration, we generated $10.2 million of free cash flow, bringing our quarter-end balance to $43.1 million. Consolidated total cash costs and all-in all sustaining costs were 884 and 1030 per ounce sold, respectively, compared to an average realized gold price of 1583 for the quarter. With the remaining 15.5 million payment to B2 Gold deferred until April 15, 2021, and an April 30th cash balance of 36.7 million, we are in a strong financial position. With that, I'll turn it over to Mark for an exploration update. Thanks, John. Uh, turning over to slide nine, last year when we began our exploration drilling program focused on resource expansion opportunities and first pass testing of potential new discoveries at El Lamon and La Libertad. Now, six months and 18.6 kilometers into our program, we're encouraged by the upside potential we see emerging at both sites from both near and longer term perspectives. It's also really great to see our all-in exploration costs coming in more than 20% below budget at $210 per meter, which will allow us to extend our program well beyond the originally planned 47,000 meters. Most of you have seen our Lamon and Libertad Amalia exploration news releases that were issued during the first quarter, which included positive drill results at Lamon Norte, and more recently at the Pantheon vein, where we announced multiple high-grade intercepts, including 17.7 grams per ton over 10 meters true width. Lamon Norte is located approximately 200 meters north of the Lamon Central Open Pit, and Pantheon is located approximately 150 meters west of our Santa Pancha underground mine. At Amalia, located 35 kilometers from the Libertad Mill, we announced some initial results from a new vein structure that had never been drilled before. We're very pleased with the positive results coming from targets that range from near-mine resource step-outs to untested greenfields opportunities, and we look forward to when we can resume drilling with the operational restarts at Lamon and Libertad. Despite the suspension of operations last month, our exploration team has, has been keeping busy integrating these latest results into our deposit models and exploration targeting framework. Those of you listening on the call have likely seen this. Our plan map of the Lamon Mining District showing the principal vein structures and recent 2019 and 2020 drilling locations at Lamon Norte and Pantheon in relation to current sources of mill feed at the Lamon Central Open Pit and Santa Pancha Underground Mine. Turning to slide 10, you can see some of the recently announced results from our drilling at Pantheon in the plan map, along with a cross-section showing just how close the Pantheon ore chute is relative to the Santa Pancha mine. On restart, 
without a doubt, will be resuming drilling to expand the Pantheon gold deposit along strike and down plunge. On to slide 11, where we see a map showing the Libertad Amalia concessions along with the surface traces of the main vein systems and Amalia off to the northeast. As you know, we got off to a good start with our first pass drilling campaign at Amalia with positive results returned from three out of the first eight holes drilled. That's a pretty good result for a first pass, uh, first pass campaign. Since the start of this year, we've been continuing our first pass drilling program at Amalia, and upon restart, we'll be expanding our focus to include reconnaissance mapping and sampling across the, the broader Amalia and neighboring uh, Nancite concession package. To date, the Amalia area has not received the level of systematic exploration coverage that Libertad has, and given the results we're seeing so far, we're quite excited about the area's broader discovery potential. At Libertad, we've had three drills turning on three targets to test the down-dip potential at Havali, as well as the previously untested Tronca vein located 500 meters to the south. We will have updated results for Amalia and Libertad in the coming weeks. Finally, turning to slide 12, during Q1, we engaged a consulting expert in structural geology to complete preliminary reviews of the district scale ore controls at Libertad and Le Mans. Through a combination of field tra traverses with our geologists who've been working the districts for, uh, for many years, as well as the wealth of high-quality legacy data provided by our predecessors, this work has highlighted at both sites broad areas of barren caprock alteration that's typical of the uneroded cover sequences that overlie high-grade bonanza vein systems, systems like the 1.5 million ounce Lamon vein and the 1.2 million ounce Mahone Crimea deposits at Libertad. As we continue to build our knowledge and grow our pipeline of exploration targets, we now recognize significant opportunities exist for the discovery of new high-grade Bonanza gold systems concealed beneath barren cover and located in close proximity to established infrastructure at both Libertad and Lamon. Upon restart, with the six drills we currently have between the two sites, we'll resume drilling with two drills at Lamon, one at Pantheon, and one at Lamon Norte, three drills at Libertad, two at Habali, and one at Tronca, and one drill at Amalia. We're also looking at opportunities to add more drills at both sites as we ramp back up. Looking forward, I anticipate we'll be able to extend our program toward 60,000 meters, which is uh, well above the 47,000 meter program originally envisioned. We'll also be expanding surface targeting work at Amalia, Libertad, and Lamon, and later in Q3, initiating drilling at Pavon. So with that, I'll turn it back to Russell. Thanks, Bob. And finally, on slide 13, you can see the focus for the team for the balance of 2020. We look forward to updating you on our progress, particularly in regard to the exploration program, the development of Pavon, and the integration of our operations through the hub-and-spoke approach in the form of our 10-year look-ahead um, in June. It brings us to the end of the formal presentation. With that, operator, we'd be more than happy to take any questions.
Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press the star, then the number one on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Our first question comes from Justin Stevens from PI Financial. Morning, guys. Uh, congrats on a good financial quarter. Nice to see uh, the plan being laid out as well. Um, you did a pretty good job answering most of the things I had on my list. Um, but just a quick question on the, the excess gold production uh, in Q1 versus uh, the, the sales. Has that gold been sold, or is that sort of still in inventory? John? Hey, Justin. Uh, yeah, thanks for the question. No, no, that, that gold was sold in early April. Okay, perfect. Um, so, just, yeah, there's a decent, decent discrepancy there. But uh, also on the – so the production from Vita Nueva is recognized in your total production number, uh, but not in the sales number, correct? That's correct, because <clears throat> it's not yet okay. in commercial production. So the revenues perfect. were actually credited against the uh, development CapEx. Right. Yeah. But the del some, so some of the delta there is just from that accounting treatment as opposed to uh, an actual lack of sales. That's correct. Okay. Um, and then the only other thing I was wondering is uh, once uh, operations restart, how long uh, roughly do you expect it would take to develop over to Pantheon? I'll let Darren take that one. Yeah, hi, Justin. Um, yeah, we've actually done 120 meters of development in the first quarter of the year in anticipation as well. So, you know, we've uh, we've commenced a, or we've just completed an initial resource model. Uh, the last four holes for the recent round of drilling are, are coming in as we speak. We'll update that, and we anticipate uh, updating that uh, resource model by the end of May, and uh, probably providing a little bit more clarity on on. Pantheon from a resource perspective and then plan forward either the last week in May or the first week in June. Got it. Great. Well, uh, good job, guys. Uh, I'll leave it there. Appreciate it, Justin. Your next question comes from Andrew Weekly from Smith Weekly Research. Yeah, gentlemen, uh, can you speak to the importance of your relationship with the government, local communities, and how the company is mitigating single jurisdiction risk as a result of this relationship. Thank you. Yeah, Andrew, hi, it's uh, Russ, I'll, I'll take that and then I'll ask Darren. Um, you know, we've been fortunate, we've been in country for 10 years as Caliber, uh, mostly as a junior explorer co until the acquisition of these assets and have developed extensive relationship both at the local, national um, levels. B2 Gold similarly was in country for 10 years and, you know, we've had the benefit of I think their um, expertise in this area, if you look at B2 Gold's track record around the world, um, they do an exceptional job developing those relationships both immediately around the mines and just as importantly at the federal level. And, you know, we, we got the benefit of inheriting uh, that history, but more importantly, the people that were working with B2. So Omar and Thomas in particular in country um, came over onto the Caliber team from B2 Gold and have been instrumental in maintaining and improving those relationships. I would say that um, the working relationship between us and the government, whether it's ministries of health, energy, and mining, is outstanding. And we are the largest producer in the country, and um, we have great uh, working relationships. 
and are able to leverage those relationships in uh, the situations uh, across the portfolio. So from my perspective, it's it's actually a great uh, working relationship. And in the 10 years, both B2 and, and Calibre were in country. You know, we've, we've continued almost uninterrupted except for a, a brief span in 2018 where some consumables were uh, impacted. Darren, uh, thoughts from your perspective? No, Russell, I think you covered all the highlights they made. I mean, there's not much I can really offer, um, you know, a, apart from the fact that we have got, you know, excellent continuity with, you know, the, I'll call it the legacy B2 Gold people coming on with, with Calibre. We also have our people from the, from the legacy Calibre coming on to the new Calibre. Um, and, you know, recently we've made some organisational changes as well. We, uh, Omar Vega was the uh, country manager, and he had responsibility for operations and all facets of the business. Over the last month or so, you know, we've, we've really focused Omar on and rebranded him as, as Vice President and Country Manager, but focused pretty much exclusively outside defence. So to ensure that we maintain those good relations, relationships with uh, the federal governments and local governments as well. So you know, he's got a, you know, an excellent relationship with all layers of, of, um, of government. And uh, so we've, we've kind of removed the distractions of operations from his portfolio. Uh, to ensure that we, you know, we can we continue those relationships going forward, as is that you know as we're now investing, we're seeing exploration success, which is going to result in, you know, permitting requirements vis-a-vis -vis Pavon, um, and we see things tracking along really well. I mean, for example, you know, I did mention that, uh, you know, we've got the required permits to commence the development of uh, the Pavon North A access road and Hall Road. Um, you know, we, we got that without any issues at all, forestry permits, environmental permits, through the, through the appropriate processes. And I guess it's just, it kind of highlights and demonstrates the good relationships we have with the regulators. Well, thanks, gentlemen. That's all I had. Uh, appreciate your guys' good work, and I appreciate you guys coming out and clarifying that. I know it's important for investors, and I think you guys are doing a fantastic job uh, with the relationship. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate your comments. Your next question comes from Jordy Mark from Haywood Securities. Yeah, good day, guys. Um, yeah, just to follow on uh, from the other, uh, other questions there. Um, perhaps maybe holistically in terms of you know underlining the maybe the, the dual hub and spoke approach um, going forward. Do you have an idea of what makes sense you know, in an equilibrium mode um, in terms of um, proportion of source components to, to come from various places, including Le Mans, into, into uh, Libertad, and, and where where that sort of equilibrium is at Libertad in terms of the optimal phase-up of, uh, of throughput rates for, you know, uh, material types, but also, you know, obviously capacity rates. Jordi Russ, uh, I'll let Darren get into the details, and, and a lot of this will become clearer when we provide the 10-year outlook in June. But I'll say from my perspective, you know, keeping that mill somewhere between 1.6 million ton a year and with expiration upside, pushing that closer to the 2.2 install capacity is clearly where we're going to generate a significant value. And, you know, that's the long-term focus of Mark and the expiration team. But I'll let Darren fill you in on some of our thinking around um, all sources uh, in regards to that uh, Libertad mill. Go ahead, there. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Hi, Jordi. How are you? Um, 
Yeah, no, I kind of, I guess I gave a bit of a precis there as we kind of, you know, went through the the, the, the slides. Um, but you know, holistically, if you think about the capacity at, at Libertad, obviously there's 2.2 million tons of installed capacity. You know, if we think of you know, 1,000 ton a day, which is absolutely within the realms of of uh, reasonableness from Limon, similar numbers from Pavon. You know, we're up to 2,000 ton a day. Um, you know, which is one third of the Libertad's installed capacity. And yeah, that gets us to you know, you know upwards of 100,000 ounces a year without too many difficulties. So then you start layering on Libertad. You know, the primary source of Libertad, as we currently understand it, would be heavily underground. Yeah, there are some other opportunities in there as well. But again, you know, back, piggybacked off exploration success as we start to see extensions to, you know, heavily underground. Some of the other emerging deposits coming in, Amalia, Trunka. Um, you know, we'll start to layer those in. So it's a, again, it will be a staged approach. But you know, as I think of it right now, you know, I can see pretty comfortably over the next you know, three years or so, uh, you know, a million ton a year, you know, at four grams being fed to that plant um, without any exploration success and predicated on the models we have, which again, just highlighting are all based on end of 2018 drilling data. They don't include any data that was any drilling that was done subsequent to December 2018. Except for Bavon, uh, that was a new resource. But all the all the other resource models that we currently quote are, are, are somewhat dated. So I think as we go through this process this year, you know, we'll give a bit of an oversight here in June. But I think as we go through and, and update our models for the available information, do some conversion drilling, increase levels of confidence, you know, and do a more fulsome update to our 43 or 101s between now and the end of the year, you know, I think that people will be pleasantly surprised with what they see. Okay, good answer. Thank you. Um, maybe an extension to that. Um, obviously, feeding feeding material through on, on March um, into the batan from outside sources. There, any um, particular significant sort of um, pressure points to to move, uh, say Le Mans up to a thousand uh, tons per day or so. No, Jordy. I mean, you know, we, uh, you know, we kind of had a, a very steady ramp up, um, you know, through the first quarter, and we took it kind of slowly, slowly. And we made sure that we carried along all of our stakeholders, and you know, we had all the appropriate approvals, and whether it be from you know, Ministry of Mines, Ministry of Environment, um, also engaging the, the unions at, at Limon to understand you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, and the local communities as well. And you know, there was, uh, I, I think the team did a great job at, at socialising, at walking it through, and there was, there was really no objections and no issues. And we saw that demonstrated in, in March when you know, we did about 330 tonnes per day on average for the calendar month from uh, from Le Mans to Libertad. And, you know, it, it was not uncommon to see days greater than 500 tonnes a day. So, um, no, I... I, I Fully expect that that thousand ton a day is is well within the realms of, of what's practical. So no, no, so far so good. Um, slow and steady, just making sure that we carry everyone along and uh, you know we understand the impacts and you know very importantly that you know with our service providers that they understand what's expected of them from a, a social perspective and also a safety perspective. So you know we're working with them to ensure that they've got the appropriate fatigue management uh, processes in place with their operators and. We'll support them and educate them on GPS monitoring of trucks so that we can remote monitor and make sure that they're obeying speed limits and doing those sorts of things. So, no, no I think it's it's all coming together pretty well. Great, thank you. And if I can indulge one more question, um, maybe you said earlier, um, 
in terms of any milestones we should be looking towards for you know ultimately sort of you know, coming out of the suspension of operations uh, that we should be you know any uh, any of those milestones we should be looking at there to to um to look at to to show um uh, i guess coming out maybe later this quarter or or later than that go ahead Darren. yeah right okay um yeah no as as russ foreshadowed there is is that you know you know, we we fully anticipate you know commencing a phased a phased um so you say a phase restart here during during uh, during May. Um, we've had initial discussions uh, with our stakeholders in the last 24 hours. They're absolutely supportive. Um, you know, where the people are holding things back right now, the, the government, the communities, the workforce are all very keen. Um, you know, for us to restart, we understand much better the situation in Nicaragua than what we did a month ago which is you know, effectively why we made the decision to idle out. As we saw this growing pandemic globally, we didn't understand what was going to happen in Nicaragua. Uh, we didn't understand you know, how the country would respond. But you know, again, we've, we've seen no reported cases at the mine, none within the local communities. Um, and, and people are you know, responding to the social distancing measures and things we're putting in place. So you know, I, I think we feel much more comfortable. So I, I think we'll start to see things move pretty quickly. And, you know, I would fully expect us to be, um, you know, um, actually, God notwithstanding, is, is that, you know, back at capacity uh, before the end of the quarter. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, Thanks, Jody. Appreciate the question. Your next question comes from Tom Gallo from Canaccord. Hey guys, um, just really quick on the exploration. Um, you mentioned a, an increase of 60,000 meters. Is there a, a specific target of, of the ones we walk through where, where that you know maybe more uh, of those meters are focused, or is that just a, a broad increase of, of uh, drill meters planned? Tom, I'll take that, and then uh, Mark can add. I, you know, if you look at the uh, the savings we're recognizing on a, a per meter. Um, We'll be able to drill that 60,000 for the same roughly 12.9 million, whatever it was, 13 million budget. What we've told Mark is that in the event uh, we have the opportunity to go after additional targets, we will fund that as well. So um, I'll let Mark speak to the details, but I think we feel very comfortable that when we bring this back up, we're going to have more targets realistically than we can drill. But uh, Mark can give you an idea of where that additional 13,000 meters may end up going. Sure. Uh, yeah, thank you for the question. Um, I think right now, uh, you know, your, your description is, is, it, is it more uh, uh, broadly focused is, is probably the most, the most accurate. But um, that said, uh, you know, certainly we're going to continue uh, focusing on uh, the, uh, the multiple targets. Uh, that B2 identified at uh, Libertad, as well as some new things that, that are coming into in, into view um, on the back of the recent uh, uh, the recent review we did with the structural uh, the structural overview. Um, that was mainly focused at Libertad, but also up at Lamon. And at Lamon, um, you know, we we you know that's that is a a world class uh, gold district for this type of uh, gold system. And uh, uh, we, we also have 
you know, multiple targets uh, to work on there. We're, you know, as I said, we'll continue at Pantheon. Um, that vein system, we've been focused on one shoot. We see an opportunity for another shoot just uh, literally next door to it. Um, same with uh, Lamon Norte. Um, we've still got some work to do there. Um, and uh, once, uh, you know, once we think we've uh, sufficiently uh, grown, uh, grown what there is to grow there, we're just going to step north uh, to the Tigre Chaparral um, portion of the Lamon Bain system and, and take off there. But I, I, I am thinking that uh, there, there's some opportunities to add uh, at least one more drill up at Lamon, um, either to partner up on the Lamon uh, vein structure, uh, which is you know, about a two and a half kilometer long system. Uh, but as well, there are some other targets uh, you know, right in the neighborhood that uh, have a lot of merit to get after. So, um, like, like Russell said, we're, yeah, we, we have we have uh, plenty of targets, um, and and it's really a matter of uh, just just prioritizing where do we want to deploy the drills. And Tom, this is where it really the hub and spoke and the integrated philosophy will add huge value for us when we're able to take exploration success and turn it into production at, you know, roughly 25 bucks a ton or, or half a gram with no additional throughput capital required because we have a million plus tons of installed capacity at Libertad that is unutilized. So if you think about it, we have two Le Mans mills that are sitting idled waiting for all feed. And, and that's really the focus of the drilling program is to to find material to feed that hungry mill at Libertad. And, and, and I think with the program we've outlined, I feel pretty good that uh, that program is going to deliver. You won't see any of that upside in the 10-year look ahead we provide in June. As Darren said, that's all based on essentially the end of 18 drilling. But uh, stay tuned. Perfect. Thank you for uh, for that. Thanks, Tom. Your next question comes from Martin Lowenthal from Caliber Mining. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you. I'm a shareholder. I'm not sure where I don't work for the company. Um, I'm a new I, shareholder. I, I didn't Great. recognize the name. That's good to know, Martin. <laughs> I'll take a salary check if there's one available. Anyway, great job, great presentation, very interesting and very exciting. Um, most of my other questions were answered. The only one left is, are there any plans to move on to the main board in New York? Um, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. Um, we had our board meeting in yesterday, and that was uh, on the agenda and a topic for discussion. Um, Ryan's done a good job researching that and looking at that, and it's certainly something we're, gonna, we're considering. I think it's, it's not the right time for us right now. Um, but it's something we're obviously looking at uh, as we look to grow the uh, shareholder base, particularly yeah. south of the border. I mean, as of today, we're largely a retail story in Canada, um, yeah. and that's going to change as, you know, we continue our efforts, we continue the execution and delivery. So definitely in the plans, um, the timing is still TBD. Okay, great. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Martin. I am showing no further questions at this time. Excellent. Well, thanks, Operator, and again, thanks, everyone, for your time, and, and thanks to the team. Um, we, uh, oh, I'm blessed to see you with an outstanding team um, that continues to deliver, and we look forward to updating you. A lot of news flow, 
around the restart, and uh, we still have some exploration results we need to update you from the drilling program in Q1. And um, again, stay safe, and we'll be in touch and uh, communicating on a regular basis. Thanks again. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation and have a wonderful day. You may all disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.